If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hang on to your balls. It's time for the Horror Hangout Podcast. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, the podcast where two bearded film fans watch the 50 best horror movies ever and then have a little chinwag. My name is Luke Condor with a K, and I'm joined by my regular co host, Mr. Ben Errington. Ben Errington. How's it going, man? Are you good? Very good. How's the you? Pretty, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Pretty. Yeah. I like I like where you sit in the kitchen now that it's night time and you've got the light on it. It reflects gives me a, your head, does it give me like a nice um like a halo you, effect or something. Gives you a lovely halo. Yeah. Um you know, you look beautiful. Thank you very much. You do too. <laughs> you don't need a halo effect to look beautiful. No, I don't, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. So um yeah, have you seen any cool horror stuff recently other than the omen, which we'll get into? Other than the omen. Uh, I haven't, you know, what, I haven't watched any horror this week. Um, I am anticipating a film called The Ritual, which I believe comes out on Friday, the thirteenth, which is this the Rafe Spall in it. Yeah, um, which looks very interesting. So some hikers go into like a Scandinavian forest, and yeah. uh, it looks it looks unique. It looks like it's, it looks like it's got some comedy elements uh, yeah, in it as well. I saw the trailer. I couldn't tell what tone they were going for because it seems to be like a horror comedy, and then it seems yeah. to have like actual full on horror Blair Witch moments to it yeah so it looks it looks like it's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek sort of take on that sort of film okay. like a yeah. but but from what I could tell still still a horror and still like a pretty mm. creepy one at that so yeah Rose, I watched Rose that Ball is the um the guy from Shaun of the Dead you've got red on you the guy who yeah. works in the thing Exactly. Most people don't to. seem to don't seem to recognise that because he's now an incredibly handsome man. <laughs> <laughs> he went from well, a, he went from a you know guy who worked in a little TV puberty shop. Hit, puberty hit yeah and uh, you know he became a handsome and devil. he's Timothy Spall's son Timothy Spall from uh, yeah and I don't want to be mean to Mister Tim uh, to me Tim yeah but they don't look they don't look alike at all no 
So I mean, Rafe, Rafe, uh, he uh, pulled it out of the bag. I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what he did. Timothy Spall uh, looks like a Harry Redknapp. Yeah, oh, I was gonna be I was gonna be really mean then, but because uh, yeah. he's a great actor, so he I won't be good, mean. Yeah. I won't be mean. I won't be mean. Nah, nah. Um, nah, 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 nah. Yeah, so I think I think I'm gonna see that. <laughs> have you have you uh, have you watched any? I me and Cat. Yeah. Well, so it was Clive Barker's birthday recently, so I shoved oh, on yeah Hellraiser two for Cat to watch. And uh, my girl, my fiance, cat, not the cat. <laughs> For the cat to watch. <laughs> and the cat uh, just fell asleep. Yeah. How, you know what? It, it doesn't hold up as well as I would have liked. I think the first one holds up a lot better than, than this one. Um, it kind of just like, it, it starts off kind of cool, but then the logic just goes out the window and it makes really no sense. Was like about halfway through and for the rest. When they go to hell, it kind of makes no sense at all. Um, so that was kind of disappointing in a way. But um it is what it is. And I also watched, I binge-watched the first two seasons of Inside Number 9. Have you seen Inside Number 9? Is this like a comedy with the guys from... What? League of Gentlemen? Yeah, Reese Shearsmith and Steve Pemberton. It's like um, an anthology TV show. Uh, they made. They say it is sort of a comedy, but it's also genuinely scary in places, genuinely like emotionally affected. It's really... Like the one of the best things I think it's seen on TV recently. It's like it's. I don't understand why I don't didn't know about this before. Like every episode is like a weird little Hitchcockian sort of uh, little story, and they've all got like a little twist in the end, and they're all really well done. And they're the, the funny bits are like really funny, and the horror bits are kind of really horrible. Like it's just, it's really good. I I definitely recommend anyone to, to watch that. I don't. As far as I'm aware, I don't think I've seen it. Where, no, did, where nobody did you watch? Has. Where it's, did, it's all on Netflix. Where, the first two seasons you... are on Netflix. Netflix. Okay. Yeah. My friend at work, Ed, was just saying, I don't know why why you of all people haven't watched it. And I watched it now and I'm completely like for, especially for us, you know, it's like uh, with the other stories. It's like that. Like it's an like a proper little stingy story sort of and like there's oh, wow. a, there was there was one episode in season two where after we watched it, it was so genuinely emotionally affecting. I had to take a moment afterwards to like just gather myself <laughs> and go, Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that was that was amazing. Yeah, like, it's really good. Oh, sweet. Yeah. I'll have to I'll have to probably try and check it out then at some point. Yes. Um, is... Oh, well, I've just thought one other thing I watched. Not necessarily a horror as such, but Zodiac. Is that which the was um, like two thousand and David seven? The David Fincher, obviously about the Zodiac killer in the sixties. Um, so we've got Robert Downey Jr., Jake Gyllenhaal, and mm. Mark Ruffalo, uh, trying to hunt down this Zodiac killer. Um. Is it good? It's I long. Remember. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. It's, it's it's really good. Like um, it's a it's a sort of a really long sprawling sort of like mystery that takes yeah. place over years and years and years and shows how sort of these characters become obsessed with trying to find the truth um, yeah. behind the Zodiac killer stuff. But one of the most harrowing murder sequences I think I've ever seen. Um, really. One one that I really go, I got to look away. It just feels so. It feels so real. Yeah. The way the way this killer like kills well, like starts stabbing some people, but so pedestrian like just yeah. like like is like he's done it a hundred times before. It just really, really affected me. It really made me feel like, oh God. Ooh, because yeah. it, and it happens and it happens yeah. like in broad daylight in broad daylight as well. So that really made me uh Yeah. Made me cringe. But yeah, it's a great film. I've seen it a few times. Um did you watch not uh, one... sorry, uh did you watch the new Channel Zero episode? It's on YouTube. No, no, I haven't I haven't got around to that yet, but that is you, you just reminded me just because there's a stabbing scene in the first season that was, I found really unnerving. Like 
there's something about it that just really freaked me out. It's just stabbings, man. It's just yeah. a, something so like visceral about somebody stabbing someone I, else. I met, I, when I worked just at, the thought of being yeah. stabbed. When I worked at uh, Pride Park Football Stadium, I met a guy who uh, he had a big scar down like his side, and I asked what it what happened. He said, "Oh, I got stabbed." So he's walking home from like a from a, like a pub one night, um, and he said a guy came up to him like a and um, he said he thought he punched him in the stomach. And he said it yeah. hurt, but he didn't realize. And he walked on, like just carried on walking. And he said he just sort of felt like his whole bottom half come really wet and and warm. And then he just uh, he uh, collapsed and I fell hate... on the floor. That's horrible. Yeah, it's really like that. That is horrible. But also, when did you work at Pride Park Football Stadium? <laughs> oh well, you know, I was at university in Derby. I needed some oh, yeah. money, and uh, I worked at like those little places where where you said burgers and and Bovril. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who who were the, who were the Derby County uh, main men around about the time you were? Uh, a guy who I actually know, but well, sort of, but I completely forgot his name. Uh, Chris, what's his name? He worked. He plays for Celtic now, or Rangers, or you know, somewhere in Scotland. Um, uh, Chris. Well, the only one I can think of is Chris Sutton, but I don't know if he ever played for Derby. Yeah, I will find out. <laughs> uh, find out, find out, because our listeners are definitely <laughs> going to be hanging on. Yeah. Uh, what about Robbie Savage? Was he at Derby at this time? No, but I met him. I worked at a petrol station. It's another one of my many jobs oh, I had. And I served him. There's so many good stories coming out today. Yeah. Uh, uh, what, what, was his, what was his hair like when you met him? Tied behind. Tied up. Look at that. Oh. Fun thing. Very nice. Chris Commons. Chris Commons. I do know Chris Commons, yeah. yeah pa- to... what, about pa- what about Paolo Wanchop? I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. No, yeah, I'm not really yeah, massive into it, but... Chris, We're Chris getting Com- too deep now. I played football with Chris Cummins when I was a kid. So he used to, he's from Mansfield, and um, we uh, he used to play with my my cousin. He played for Mansfield Stags, and um, we used to play football sometimes. Yeah. This, that's that's at least three phenomenal stories packed into <laughs> like a minute and a half. We got the stabbing. Okay. We got save, Chris Cummins. Please, please save your stories <laughs> for future episodes because otherwise we're gonna have nothing to talk about. Yeah. Okay, well let's uh, let's let's crack on with the actual episode today. Uh, so we're on uh, episode twenty-four. I mean, sorry, the the twenty-fourth film. Uh, we're going down the list, and it is the Omen. Do you want to tell us a little bit about it? And this is the sure the original. This is nineteen seventy-six. Yes. Well on the cliff, right, oh, right, yeah. right in the right, nice right, spot, right, right, right around the edge. The- uh, so the Omen <laughs> is a nineteen seventy-six British American supernatural horror film directed by Richard Donner and uh, written by David Seltzer. The film stars Gregory Peck, uh, Lee Remick, David Warner, Harvey Spencer. Basically, it's listed absolutely everybody who's, who's <laughs> in the film yeah. here. Uh, so it's the first installment of the Omen franchise, and it concerns a young child replaced at birth by American ambassador Robert Thorne, unbeknownst to his wife after their son is stillborn. Uh, they are surrounded by mysterious and ominous deaths, unaware that the child Damien is the Antichrist, Ooh. allegedly. Okay, uh, this is what the Empire film students had to say about it. Boys, eh? Muddy need conquer smashing little blighters, all running around and falling over, and in Richard Donner's timeless chiller, turning out to be the Antichrist. The unwitting adoption of devil child Damien, played by Harvey Spencer Stevens, has <coughs> horrifying consequences for parents Gregory Peck and Lee Remick in one of the bleakest collisions of faith, religion, and superstition in the genre. <laughs> it's not held in quite the same critical esteem as The Exorcist or Rosemary's Baby these days, but make no mistake, The Omen is still a powerful potion. Nice. That's probably one of the better written of those descriptions. I quite enjoyed saying it. I, li- I like all of those descriptions. I think they're yeah. all written very well. I liked your tone during, though. Your delivery 
was was perfect. It's really set the mood. Thank you. Okay, eighty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes, seven point six on IMDb. We asked, we asked the uh, yeah, we asked the Facebook group um, what they thought about it. Kev Hurst said David Warner's death scene is my all time favorite horror movie death. <laughs> Um, oh, Joe! I completely forgot about that. And when it happened, yeah. I was literally like, "Oh my god!" It's one of the only things I remember from like when I watched it growing up. Is that scene? I I, I, I didn't remember it. So I I think <laughs> I've only ever seen that. I've seen that scene before, but I've yeah. never seen this. I've never seen this film before. Yeah. Okay. And Andy Conduit Turner, the good old Andy CT, said, "It's the reason I don't fuck around any place that people are unloading huge panes of gas, uh, <laughs> gas and glass, or have any children." <laughs> Um, yeah, some of the reasons I I don't have children, I guess. There's a but lot of li- there's you can come away from this film and have a list of things you never want to be involved in ever again. Yeah, like uh, uh, don't keep more don't keep Rottweilers hanging around. Jesus, no. Or uh, nannies. No, nah, don't have a nanny. Or antichrists. <laughs> or anti or antichrists. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, initial thoughts, dude. What did you? So you not seen this before? You seen the remake? Um, I, haven't re- I haven't seen the remake. I don't know if you have seen any of the sequels. Um, I'm pretty familiar with this film just because it's one of those all-time yeah. sort of classics, isn't it? So I think I've always seen it on things like countdown lists and stuff. But I think because I'm, I've always been like such a huge fan of The Exorcist, that's always been like one of my oh. favourite. Okay. Oh. So how does this compare to The Exorcist for you? Because this um, is well, like within three years of like coming out at the same yeah. time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is completely different. I mean... Exorcist is all body horror and shock, shock tactics and all that stuff. This is obviously when you when you if you heard the 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 the, the concept of this, which is it's a it's a kid who's basically the devil. You'd expect yeah. to see a lot of the kid being a devil, do, doing crazy yeah. shit, being a yeah. devil. But yeah. he's very much like um, I mean, he's just a lovely little boy, isn't he? I mean, he don't there, mean he doesn't mean, like he don't one mean no scene one. where the kid is bratty. <laughs> And that's about it. Like it gets to bratty. Like it never gets to like antichrist levels. But I know yeah, you mean, exactly. this film is like there's no like oh, and there's an evil thing who comes to get you. It's like no, there's a kid who looks at you, and then it's some really scary yeah, yeah, music, yeah. and then you're dying then, somewhere. Yeah, and then you're dead. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, yeah. But I think from watching it in terms of the music, in terms of performances, in terms of like all the visuals and all the classic stuff that you've that I've obviously seen before, of like all the classic scenes of certain mm. deaths and stuff. I think it holds up. It does hold up really well, and I think it's genuinely pretty scary. Yeah, and I genuinely really like pretty, it, yeah. and pretty pretty tense and pretty shocking. And obviously, all the elements of it being like it's not just like family have a antichrist kid, all these bad things start happening. It's sort. It turns. It is a bit like a bit of a mystery as well, like trying to hunt hunt down sort yeah, of yeah, it's got a whole happen. detective element to it. Yeah, all the whole de- yeah. detective element to it, and then yeah. I think when when certain deaths happen, it, they do feel shocking. Like you don't necessarily feel. Like you expect them, but it's a bit um, of a Final Destination vibe to the deaths. I think, like, yeah, you kind of looking for the def- way they set, they're like setting up. <clears throat> Someone's definitely died by pane of glass in Final Destination as well. I'm pretty sure, probably yeah. flattened, flattened yeah. I believe. Definitely been impaled uh, by something. Yeah, yeah. there was some impaling <laughs> in there. So. Yeah, but yeah, I think if you're going to compare it to, I mean, I preferred in terms of the vibe. Like, it was quite shocking. It wasn't. It was quite scary. There was sort of like an, an, an uneasiness that was like throughout, yeah. wasn't it? Really. Yeah. And I kind of because I think maybe because of because of uh, like the Exorcist so much, and I because because of the sort of what the time period this film came out, I did keep expecting them to do something a bit 
a bit mental at yeah. any point. Yeah. I didn't expect his head to spin round. Even if there was a bit of a like a, a Rosemary's baby sort of thing happen, you know, where like you don't see him but like you see his like hoofed feet or something. You know what I mean? Like um <laughs> Yeah. Just something to show that there's something more happening, but yeah, it it doesn't. Have you seen any of the sequels? No, obviously not. But the sequels <laughs> no, no, are, I've not. Sam Neill plays the older version of it, but it's really good. I remember really enjoying it anyway. I don't think of I don't think I even knew there was a remake. Yeah, that I, really I, I, I didn't know about that, the remake. No. That really passed me by. Must have been shit. Yeah. <laughs> it must have been we, shit. So what? Yeah, so it was, it was 2000, 2006. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I don't know. Maybe maybe because I was I wasn't particularly into this film, obviously because I hadn't seen it growing up or yeah. whatever. Maybe that's why the yeah. the uh the remake passed me by. So should we should we dive into the the story a little bit? Yeah, yeah, let's dive yeah, yeah. head first balls balls deep. Balls deep. So uh, key players, like I said, we've got Gregory Peck as this politician guy called Robert Fawn. He's the ambassador or something political. I don't get involved in that stuff. He's the ambassador or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lee Remick, who plays his wife, uh, Catherine Fawn. She has a baby. That's her role. <laughs> David Warner plays a photographer, and I really quite liked him actually in this film. Uh, Billy Whitelaw plays Mrs. Baylock. She's the evil nanny, like Nanny McPhee, but evil. Harvey Stevens plays Damien. By the way, Damien wasn't an evil name before this film. Like we kind of think of it now as like as, as an evil name, but I think this film kind of made it, gave yeah, it that flavor. Yeah, exactly. When anyone says that's the film, I haven't even seen this film, but even I know that yeah. Damien. If you know a Damien, I mean, he's not evil. A good... Don't don't hang around Damien. <laughs> don't hang around with a Damien. I mean, no. uh, get get as far away from him as possible, especially yep. if those Rottweilers knocking about. They'll get you involved in bad stuff, drugs and. Weed and stuff. Patrick Troughton <laughs> plays Father Brennan. He's like a, uh, I think he's, it would be as later on, but it's kind of like a high father, and he's sinned. high. He's high. Yeah, he's off his rocker. Um, so the story. So we start um, in Rome. It's uh, we've got some crazy music. The music for me is the star of the show. I think I just, I just think it's like the most epic. It's the kind of music. Whenever I see a tall building now, I think of this music. I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking at the tall building like a skyscraper, and I just hear that, like that sort of horrible uh, choir, evil choir. Oh, that's that's the music that plays when I'm like walking for the bus, and I can see the bus coming, but I know I'm never going <laughs> to make it for that bus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, we find out a child is dead. Basically, um, Gregory Peck's. <laughs> Um, real son, his wife has just been given birth, but the child died in in, in birth. But he's, his father says um, it's not like a normal hospital. This is this is apparently in Rome they have like religious church hospital places. I don't know. Yeah, where nuns are just milling about and going, look, there's a load of babies here. You can have whichever one you want, really. <laughs> yeah. See, so the father says, look, I know you've lost that one. I'm sorry about that. Like we've got one in the back. <laughs> that's pretty much what it is it's, it's, uh, it's not it's not it's brand new never been used but he is opened like it's um is it's, it's uh, never been used but he is opened and he's got 666 on his head yeah <laughs> yeah he has got a, a bad he's got a serial number already i'm afraid um yeah it's weird so and then he says like look you can take this baby 
just don't tell your wife about it. She won't know. I found I can't, that's not a way to start like a any sort of life of a because that child's going to grow up to be eighteen. At some point, it's going to come out that you lied to your wife that it's you her just play, son. Just play, just play ignorant, isn't it? Just go like, "What? Hmm? <laughs> How's that happen then?" <laughs> you had a DNA yeah, but, test for it. <laughs> so what? So, so did she just not know that the baby was stillborn? No, she didn't know. Didn't know. What was she doing? Asleep. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. She just oh, didn't look. Didn't she didn't show us baby that came, baby yeah. came out and she went, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, okay, so Robert says, all right, yeah, sure. There's a discount. And he gets this other baby. Uh, and I think it, it cuts. At some point, he, just, he says, all right, we've got a baby now. We're going to move to England or something. I mean, Damien's a little bit older. Yeah. Um, he's got hair. And um, Did you enjoy the montage of Damien growing from being a young boy? Was there a montage? Oh, yeah, no, there was. And it reminded me of the house from, um, uh, what was the Don't Look Now house? It looked super yeah. similar. Yeah, yeah, it did. But yeah, the montage, a montage, and rather than being a montage, a montage of like clips of him doing stuff, mm. it was just photos, wasn't it? Different photos of him Having in different music. outfits yeah. to, some, to some funky music of him growing up um, and becoming <laughs> a real devil boy. I've got to say, uh, yeah, Damien th- looks a lot like my nephew, Freddie. Like, He's got the same face. <laughs> I'm telling does he you, smile? Does he smile at you? He looks. He breaks the fourth wall in the end. I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I need to um, just check Freddie's hair just to make sure. Yeah, yeah. Just cut a bit of his hair off. What are you doing? What are you doing, Luke? Checking. Nothing. Just uh, doing his hair. Just playing, checking. Playing hairdressers. Yeah. Yeah. So there's obviously a bit where they, when they got their new house, living in England, they're walking along next to the river at one point, and suddenly Damien vanishes. I mean, he's decked, oh, yeah. Yeah. he's decked out all all in white knitted wear, uh, and suddenly he just turns up behind a tree. He's like, "Wee!" I've got evil powers. I've got evil powers, mate. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I'm the devil. <laughs> okay. uh, by the way, I am definitely the devil. Yeah. yeah. Uh. So. Yeah. So I guess they, they sort of crack on with normal life. They're in they're in London now. Uh, what's his name's got a highfalutin job as the ambassador. I don't understand. Is he supposed to be like American? He's got like a uh, thingy accent. What do they call it? He, and he's just—he's got what accent? Do they call it like like it's like a non-regional? It's like like a newscaster's. I accent. think he's supposed to be American, yeah. But he's okay. one of those guys who's got like a, a a well-to-do sort of accent, which you kind of found in older films, didn't you? Yeah. Even even like American characters, like some yeah. of them, like. I <laughs> find out what called. Yeah, because even like the women, I think they said they had to, to basically iron out any sort of, you know, unusual accent quirks to sort of so people all over america could sort of uh uh sympathize with her but uh okay so then uh things start to get a little bit weird when uh just just a little bit weird they're having a (laughs) they're having a big birthday party and then her nanny uh thinks she'll throw herself off like the building and like hang herself Bit bit of a cool party trick i suppose yeah, I mean, she was showing off, really, wasn't she? Um, so, yes, yeah, she, obviously, before before she decides to hang herself, she does see the Rottweiler sort of just milling about. Mm. Um, and then she sort of has a look, has a look at the Rottweiler, looks a little yeah. bit scared. And then suddenly, in the next scene, she's at the top of the house, and she uh, hangs herself. Yeah. Um, and I thought scary dog. Some people in this birthday party reacted in, like, a normal way. They reacted how you would react if someone just hung themselves, like, horrified, terrified. <laughs> But other people were just like, oh, yeah. bloody hell, go, go and sort it out. 
<laughs> Bloody attention seeking. Oh, <laughs> what what an inconvenience oh, for everybody uh, else. Yeah, the guy who's bringing out the sausage rolls is like, oh, put these back then, shall I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has ruined it. All my hard work. Yeah. I hand rolled these this morning. <laughs> the best ones fresh out of the oven. <laughs> And no yeah, one's gonna maybe. no one's gonna have an appetite now. And then yeah. someone someone did. They went, oh, "I'll have them." Then. Yeah, and then he flicked off the the woman who's hanging. You fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and then he ate, munched on a sausage roll and went back inside. Uh, okay, uh, and then so what happens? So we've got another. Another... but they they end up trying to go to a church at, at some point. As yes, well. yeah, they try to take Damien to the church. What was what was that for? What was the event? someone else's oh. wedding? Someone else's wedding, yeah. yeah. And Damien acted how I act when I've got to go work in the morning. <laughs> uh, that's me in the car just just before I'm about to get and go. Drive on, <laughs> drive on. <laughs> to be yeah. fair, though, like if a kid acted like that, you wouldn't like cancel your appearance at the wedding, or you would. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think you wouldn't he, just go. I think or was, he beat up his. He beat. That's good. Now. He beat up his um, <laughs> mum, didn't he? He sort of like yeah, yeah. He he, he, he her, like uh, jumped on her, sort of pulling on her hair and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we got the, the zoo bit after that. Yeah, there's the zoo scene. So they've gone right. I know you. I know last time we went out, you pulled all my hair out, but I'm going to take you on a lovely trip. A lovely trip <laughs> a to lovely the zoo. Treats. To... Yeah. For your last performance. I mean, I think what's quite creepy about David is like he doesn't really say much, does he? Says, He's kind of like, "Hello, Daddy," and "All right, mate." But like, <laughs> but like, but like five-year-olds. Yeah. Like, well, they are quite chatty. They ask a lot of questions, but like, Damien's, he seems to be. Yeah, he's in his head. It's constantly plotting yeah. the end of the and world. And he's like, he's a little. He seems like a little happy-go-lucky sort of chap, and he's got a little smile on his face most of the time. Quite inquisitive. Yeah. But you know, he never seems like particularly evil, apart from like the things around him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like how he reacts to thing, evil things happening around him. He kind of just goes like, oh, well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll get on with my life now then, will I? So they go to the zoo and Damien's looking at the, the giraffes and then the giraffe run away. Because uh, I, d- I don't know why. Don't you love it. stuff like this in films where you think, how did they make that happen? They must have just like, oh, God, oh, God. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and the giraffes are trying like, get him to like, run away. <laughs> okay, now film the lovely giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pretty good impression. Of... <laughs> that was a pretty good impression of Tasmanian Devil. <laughs> Giraffes just fucked right off, didn't they? They just <laughs> run off. And then I like how his mum was just like, that's a bit weird. Yeah. Giraffes terrified of my son. Yeah. I wonder what a giraffe would think. Like, imagine, just put your put, put yourself in the body of those giraffes. What do you reckon they were thinking? And this, they're just going, "Oh, I have a lovely bit of grass there, a lovely bit of leaf." And they looked at it, and went, "Fucking Antichrist!" <laughs> Ran away. <laughs> yeah, like what? what? What like abstract concepts are they thinking is happening? Yeah. yeah, it must be like a bad smell. Like <laughs> they could smell like the the evil or something. I don't know. But yeah. then, like the baboons, they go for like one of those drive through baboonaries. <laughs> This is horrible. This is the this, is like, this, is like, this is like the worst nightmare. Yeah. And they go through... Drive through did you say drive through baboonery? <laughs> yeah. They go into drive through baboonery. <laughs> and um, the baboons... It's <laughs> a really good word to say. The baboons um, <laughs> bark. The baboons bark at the boy. At the bad boy. <laughs> but the baboons bark at the bad boy. And um, in the car. <laughs> in the Bugatti. And I don't know if it's Bugatti, it's a car. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so the baboons are going crazy, uh, trying to attack the car. I think um, the mum is like screaming, like she can't handle it. It's 
too many red asses running around. Like, <laughs> <laughs> too many red cheeks flapping about against the car windows. <laughs> Did he break any of the windows? I don't even know. I can't remember. Or did he just drive <laughs> off? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> thing is, so Damien has got like really like ruddy red cheeks. I think they yeah. got angry because they saw like his <laughs> his his smiling ruddy cheeks and were like, oh, they thought <laughs> they thought they were looking at something, you know, much. Uh, <laughs> something got them fired up. Anyway, is what I'm saying. <laughs> they thought the boy's red cheeks were a baboon's ass. Is that I'm what you're not, saying? Pert's baboon's bottom. Yeah, oh, I'm actually crying. <laughs> the ba- what got me there was the baboons bark at the bad boy. <laughs> baboons, baboons are—they are terrifying. I mean, like yeah. no one wants to get on the wrong side of them, but you know they're going ape shit. Yeah, but, but literally, shit. yeah. Um, so, the, uh, so then we cut to a scene where um, Father Brennan, who's the high priest, <laughs> the high priest of wherever, like I don't know what you call him, but um, he uh, goes to see uh, what's what's Robert Fawn, Gregory Peck's character, Robert Fawn, the ambassador guy, the dad. Yeah, um, his name is um, Robert Fawn. Robert Thorne. Okay, yeah. So yeah. Um, Robert Fawn's at work. He's being, he's doing his ambassadorial duties, whatever they. Are. Yeah, you don't, you don't seem to be doing much. I mean, sharpening a pencil or something, isn't he? Or... Yeah, he's playing solitaire, and <laughs> his, uh, his computer, uh, Minesweeper. And then the, the Father Brennan turns up, and he says, the "Thing is, Father Brennan, like, he doesn't do this in the best way. Like, no. if you're going to go up to a guy and say you're going to have to kill your kid, you don't go in and go, your boy's the devil.'" Why did he think his boy was the devil? Based on what? He, he, the giraffe. Father Brennan. He, no, no. Father Brennan. Um, I think Father Brennan was actually working. He was an apostate, like a devil yeah. apostate. <clears throat> but the problem is, he seems hysterical from the word go. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it seems like if, he's if, come out of Father Ted. Like he is. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> if you if you genuinely thought the Antichrist was knocking about, you might yeah. be like. Oh. It's a bit mad going in and just telling his mum and dad that it's their son's the Antichrist. So maybe yeah, I need yeah. to be a bit more tactful about it. But he doesn't seem to bother. He just basically just goes in and goes, your son's the bloody Antichrist. you got to sort him out. Yeah, you can always imagine, it seems imagine like, him with a hip flask with like sort of slopping it about, burping in Robert's face. <laughs> kill him. Like there's, there's, yeah. there's no other option other than kill him. Kill your own son. Yeah, you need to build up to that. Like Even if you do want, even if that's like what has to happen, you have to say, Robert, let me take you out to, to for a scone. We're going yeah. to talk about this, or or say something like, um, "Have you noticed anything strange about your son? Yeah, this, this, yeah, this, this. yeah. Well, bring it, bring him to the church, and we'll sort him out, and then kill him." Yeah. You get... By the way, I've got some knives. Do you want fancy a stab? Anyone fancy a stabbing? Yeah. Um, you see, there's better ways, but he goes in there, and he's like, he's like a raving lunatic, and quite rightly, Robert says, uh, "F off and get out." Um, Why don't you flip the flip off? <laughs> but he does uh, say Bugenhagen a lot. There's a case coming out of his work called Bugenhagen, um, which I don't really know what it means at the time. But Father Brennan, every now and again, he just says Bugenhagen. Bugenhagen. You got to go uh, see Bugenhagen. What is that? It's uh, a guy later on who has the knives. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. Bugenhagen. Big, bab- big yeah. Bab- Bugenhagen. Yeah. With the baboons barking at the bad boy. <laughs> Um, okay, so 
my notes here is skipping a fair bit because I've got the next bit is Brennan gets killed, but I'm sure there's a little bit before. Yeah, I think there's just a bit now where Robert, um, uh, Catherine basically tells Robert that she's pregnant. Um, pregnant again, yeah. Okay, yeah. Jesus Christ, keep it in your pants, Robert. <laughs> yeah. Um, so she said she doesn't want a baby, right? Yeah. So thingy, Father Brennan says to him, um, "Your wife's going to be pregnant again, but Damien won't let the boy live, and he doesn't know that she's pregnant again." But then she tells him he is, and then she says she wants uh, an abortion, and Robert's like saying, "I don't want to get an abortion because." Father Brennan has already said that that would happen and he wants to kind of prove him wrong to prove Childish. That, yeah, I know. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. Charles Mitch. I'm going to prove you wrong, Father Brennan. Yeah. I'm going to have this kid. I'm going to raise it against my wife's wishes. Against your wife's <laughs> wishes. And then... Twenty years down the line, we'll see. We'll see who really wins. See who's got the last. Oh, he's dead. Oh, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. Lightning's gonna get him. He died literally the next later that day. <laughs> Bloody hell! If only I knew, I wouldn't have had the kid. Yeah, don't worry. I hate kids. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> um, so yeah, so uh, they, they don't want a kid, but then I think Father uh, Brennan it's, at some point. So basically. Oh yeah! At the same time, the the, uh, the photographer guy he keeps taking pictures of the father every time he sees him. Yeah, he keeps developing developing his pictures, and he keeps. So he seeing... so the photographer guy was there at the birthday party as well when the nanny died. So he took a photo of her corpse, yeah. which you know you would do. You know, if that just happened, yeah, uh, just yeah. take a photo of the corpse uh, makes sense. Yeah, and he's uh, as he's developing his pictures, he's noticing like a strange shadow um, going into Father Brennan on each and every picture. Um, so then, 
a little bit later on, Father Brennan is out of the church, and then the music starts. And as soon as, you know, as, soon as the music starts, you know something bad's going to happen. We get some storms, some windy noises. This, this is basically what happens here is um, he gets chased by the wind, just yeah. like uh, just like uh, in the ha- in M Night Shyamalan's The Happening, when uh, <laughs> when there's actually a scene in that where Mark Mark Wahlberg. Well, there's a scene in it where Mark Wahlberg and the other heroes and good guy characters run away from the it's wind. Like evil pollen or something. It's just like evil I pollen. Understand. So they, so they run away. So they yeah. see some wind coming, obviously, because you see the wind coming. There comes the wind. Oh. Here it comes. And then they it? run from the wind. <laughs> yeah. Not only do they run from the wind, yeah. they outrun the wind. That's impossible, isn't it? Is it? I think it's it impossible. Is. How would you even know it's coming? I mean, you could get a paper airplane throw it, and then <laughs> if you can sort of stay ahead of it. Do you know what I mean? Because it doesn't make any, no, it doesn't make any sense. Unless you it had like a, a, um, a, a daisy. Is it a daisy? Daffodil. Blow it, and then <laughs> run, run ahead of the seeds. Like, there, there is no way to do it, really. Is there a way to run away from the wind? It's like going, oh, it's like run away, yeah, nonsense. Yeah. Anyway, so this is pretty much what happens. Yeah. Father Brennan runs away from the the wind, and the, the lightning is trying to get him as well. Yeah, uh, and he tries to get into the church for some reason. Doors are locked. It, <sighs> doors are locked. Who's 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 locked the doors? Yeah, and then we get a classic. Obviously, the lightning hits the top of the church, hits like a pole, flagpole. It's a lightning rod. <laughs> lightning rod. <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah. and the lightning rod does its job. Yeah, uh, attracts the lightning, and the, but then the lightning rod falls. Uh, onto Father Brennan and impels him like from the shoulder through his body down yeah. to the ground. It's quite effective. Uh, the um, like the way the music suddenly suddenly stops. You get like a nice thunk, like a thun sort of sound, yeah, he, like a cartoon he's... wobble. So I think around about now mm-hmm. is when Robert returns, and this this is when he's told by his wife that she's pregnant. I think. So. Uh, but then the photographer turns up, I think, and says to uh, says to Robert, "I've got to show you these photos. Uh, they're filthy. I've got to show you these photos." And that's when he shows that's when he shows <laughs> yeah. in the photos of um, Father Brennan with the right. odd, ominous shadow. Yeah. Um, but he sort of, he, but he also believes Damien's a threat because I think at this point, Robert Thorne is starting to believe something is up with Damien. He is a bit of a nutcase. Yeah. Well, the Father Brennan's, especially the way he died. I think because um, yeah. so, if he has like a newspaper. Forgive it. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's onto Damien. He's onto something anyway. <coughs> yeah, uh, he's so, onto him. <laughs> so the um, the photographer, I can't remember his, his name. Um, David. The Warren. photographer yeah. is someone. Jennings. Just I think just credited as Jennings. Okay. Keith, Keith Jennings. Keith Jennings. That's so a Keith good Jennings. name. That, that is a good name. name. That's a good solid, solid name. Rock's Hello. Name. Sorry, what's that? Keith Jennings. Hello, I'm Keith Jennings. Yeah. The name's Keith Jennings. Uh, <laughs> here's Keith Jennings talking about his uh, favorite songs. Yeah. He, he has uh, the look and the, the feel of uh, like a sort of uh, 70s burgeoning rock star as well, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Big jagged type. Yeah, yeah. So he he says, look at these fathers. Look at these photos of the father. There's got a shadow there. That's where you're going pale. Weird, isn't it? I also went around to the father's house. And then he's got like all of uh, Father Brennan's notes, and he said I accidentally took a picture 
of myself in the mirror and there's like a big sort of uh, shadow across his neck. So and then, the, and then some evil music plays and it's like, oh. I accidentally took a photo of myself. Whoops. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, so I think it's this point, they just rock over to Rome, right? They just pop over back over. Yeah, they just go over to Rome to investigate Mr. Damien's birth. Yeah, um, and then find out there's like a fire which destroyed the destroyed the hospital records. Yes, um, and most of the staff died in the fire as well. Is that what we also find out? A lot of them died. Um, the only the father who at the start of the film did the whole baby swapping deal. Um, yeah, he's alive, but he he's badly hurt, and he's in this other place uh, where fathers go to die. <laughs> yeah, he's like paralyzed, and he's got like a yeah. He's blind as well in, in just one eye, and he's, he looked a little bit worse for wear than he yeah. bless him. There's a point where I'm sure a taxi driver uh, kept asking for a cappuccino. <laughs> I don't know why. Did you get that? What was this? What was this? There's a bit where the taxi driver keeps asking for a cappuccino. Um, cappuccino. Yeah, I don't know. When he, <laughs> he asked him to take him to the hospital, and he kept going, oh, "Have you got a cappuccino? <laughs> 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 have you got cappuccino?" It's almost like the actor didn't know thing? any uh, any Italian. Anyway, just say some like, Italian sounding stuff. And he went, "All right, <laughs> cappuccino." Cappuccino. Yeah. Cappuccino. What, are you a, are you an Italian actor? <laughs> yes, I'm a cap- cappuccino. Paolo Maldini. <laughs> so yeah, so they go to the um, they go to the cemetery. To look for um, apparently Damien's biological ma- mother's buried, uh, and they find like a what is it like a dog carcass in the grave? Yeah, so they they open that cage uh, that uh, grave, <laughs> and they find like a skeleton of um, I think it's meant to be a jackal. I think I just thought they put that there instead of the mother's body. Yeah, but looking into it afterwards, I think the the whole thing is that he was actually born from a jackal, or like born from a dog or something. Well, that's. Odd. I, yes. I like it. They're really they're trying to be really careful with like the grave, and then they just smash it. <laughs> <laughs> just gets like smashed yeah. in half. Yeah. Um, but obviously there's a child's grave next to it uh, with a child's skeleton. And it's been like uh, it's got like a big hole in its skull, so it's obviously been like um, bashed as soon as it's born. So then we find out that Robert's baby um, has just been like murdered right from the get go, and it's all been sort of set up in a way that he's gonna. Take this yeah. uh, Damien baby. Um, so he take its place. Yeah, that's annoying, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, at some point around here, uh, her, the mum has an accident, right? So back in England. Yeah. Uh, back in oh England. yeah, of course, yeah. of course, yeah. So she's she's sort of like trying to she's over the sort of landing, quite a yeah. long drop. Is she like doing something to like a light or a chandelier or something? Yeah, she, uh, just piddling about with the the ceiling tiles. <laughs> and this is another classic kid on a trike thing obviously very reminiscent of like the shining yeah i got that and it's like squeaking away um he just sort of rides right into his it's it's kind of creepy the, the music again is sort of um, <laughs> I, feel, I just feel like all you need in this film is some music and then something kind of mundane happening and it's like oh my god something yeah something bad's gonna go um yeah. he just rides into the mum's um like stool did you think the fall was weird she kind of fell off yeah, yeah, she kind of fell, but then held on. But then, because she was holding on, yeah, it wasn't really that far to drop. Yeah, was it? Because she was holding on and then hanging down. Really, she would only have been like a few feet off the floor. <laughs> yeah, and she then would... she kind of fell. Yeah, kind of fell and landed on her front. It was filmed in such a way where it was like directly above her. I didn't understand how did. they filmed it because it looked so odd. 
There was no it, it was like no impact. It was like it was like someone slowly yeah. being lowered onto a yeah exactly on, onto it, it like a like gym. Some really strong guy had all of her feet and was just sort of like let, like Lower, lowering down. 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 Like and she just had like a flat. Like, uh, like she just initially fell from where she was standing and kind of like flipped over to land it and like land on her back or something. It would have been yeah, it would have been super impactful. But she kind of like fell and hung. She doesn't know how to fall. Like no. um, it's a skill apparently <clears throat> to like to, to learn how to fall. But anyway, so it cuts to her on the floor and she's bleeding. Um, hospital ambulance people pick her up, and then we find out that she's lost a baby. Um, yeah. At some point. The nanny, evil nanny McPhee, uh, comes to the hospital to see her and then pushes her out the window. I think we're getting the timelines a little bit mixed up here, but um, yeah, I think it's, you know, yeah. It's so she pushes her, push her out the window. She lands on onto an ambulance. Dead. That was quite. That was quite a good visual when she landed for the ambulance. Kind of landed on the gurney and then sort of like spilled out the back. Yeah, that was pretty cool. How did the uh, nanny McPhee get away with that? Like, I don't know. Even if it's before She's... CCTV, like. They saw, like, the nurses let her go up. Like, so they would have known if she went in there. And then seconds later, the woman was thrown out the window. <laughs> well, she's evil, so maybe she did some sort of evil mind trick. Jedi maybe. Mind. Yeah, yeah. In the, late, in the Omen 3, good. you kind of find out that, like, there's a lot of these apostate people. So maybe there is more than we know of in this film. Because in this film, we only see, like, two or three. Yeah. And then, like, there's the dogs. Um, yeah, so going back to dogs, obviously back in the cemetery, yeah, Rob, yeah. Robert and Keith, when they're trying to get out of the cemetery, they get attacked by like loads of Rottweiler dogs. How many of them are there? Five. How, this was like, <laughs> while this was happening, I was like, they're not like if that was real, they're not getting away. No, I was these thinking dogs, that as well. These yeah. dogs are trying to kill them. They were ripping rip them to pieces. Yeah, it's a kind, that's kind of, been like back in ancient Rome, like you throw your slave to the dogs. The, the, the slave wouldn't just get away with a few cuts; they'd be dead. Like the throats yeah. would be ripped out. Like. <clears throat> Yeah, so these these Rottweilers like attack Keith and Robert, and like they do manage to escape in the end. They kind of like jump out. Obviously, Robert jumps out and kind of do, does he like impale his arm on something? Yeah, he impales his arm on the on the on the metal Spike fence. fence. Yeah, yeah. But he seems fine yeah. after he takes it off. <laughs> after he takes it off the off the fence. Yeah, he's fine. He takes it off the fence and he just rubs it bare, <laughs> and then he's yeah. completely fine. Yeah. So yeah, obviously, then then Robert gets obviously the news. About his wife being dead—is that right, right? Right about then? Yeah. So at this point, he gets he gets the phone call, and we cut a little bit further, and then Robert's like, "He's dead. They killed my wife. They killed my baby. I want Damien to be dead too." So yeah. he's finally sort of come around to it, and he, he wants to do it. Um. Then they go see Bugenhagen, who's this? Yeah. I really don't understand who Bugenhagen is, other than the fact that he knows about. Uh, Damien being the Antichrist. He knows all about the Antichrist, yeah. So he's like some sort of a- a- archaeologist expert on the Antichrist. He's been studying Antichrist for years. He's got a he loves He loves the Antichrist. He got all, <laughs> yeah. the, he got all, the, he got all the Antichrist on box sets. He's got, he's, YouTube, he's got a YouTube essay video series, Damien yep. the Antichrist, let's kill him. Yep. <laughs> so he explains that Damien's got the uh, the birthmark, the three yeah. sixes yeah. Um, on his head, on his bonds. I like how they say that, but it's like no one noticed it when the baby was born. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> um, uh, also, he explains that the only way to kill um, it, Damien, is with some mystical daggers. Well, he says so he, he rolls out this big thing of like I think it's like seven or eight of these. All the daggers look exactly the same, and he goes, "This is the one that you use. Uh, you have to use this one first to kill the body." 
and then he puts it down, and I'm looking at him going, wait, which one was that? <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> yeah, they look yeah. identical. He says, you, can't, you have to like, use this one. It's almost like no, not um, that one, this one. You, you use this fork for the first course, and then yeah. this spoon, and then you work your way inwards with yeah. each course of eight courses. There's eight courses of daggers. Yeah. One, you stab him in the legs, and then they stab him in the other leg, and then in the body, and then it's just like, yeah, he said, it's well, so complicated. He says, stop this, stop this one in the center of the body. That would kill the kill the, the body. And then use the others and work outwards, like so. And they're just in a big line. I'm thinking, that's not the shape of a baby. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what does he mean, work outwards? Like, Also, I'd be like, oh, that's too much effort. He must have written it down. I hope he had a little diagram. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably done an ebook. But doesn't like Robert get rid of but then Robert sort of like just gets rid of the daggers at some point, doesn't he? He goes like, oh, I can't murder a little boy with yeah. all these daggers. Yeah, well, he, I mean, to be fair, it's pretty harsh. I mean, even if uh, this is the kid you grew, like brought up as a kid. and uh, But then again, we're, I guess we're made to understand that Robert feels like he's lost everything. Yeah. And uh, if he really does genuinely blame Damien, then uh, maybe he yeah. can bring himself to... But yeah. yeah, then obviously we get the famous uh, Keith actually dies trying to retrieve the daggers. Yeah. Um, classic gets decapitated by a big sheet of glass. Well, if you're not up. going to do it, Robert, I'm going to do it. And then he, he get, bends down to pick them up, and then a, it's like a final destination thing with the truck sort of backs. Yeah. And uh, it is a pretty cool truck, scene. Truck reverses. Yeah. Reverse. Yeah, yeah. I liked it, especially the head flying off. Yeah. And then we're sort of coming towards the end of it, really now. So Robert has the knives, has the mission, has the target. Yeah. It's has a target. Time. Yeah. Mission Impossible. He, he goes back to the to the house and he's like humming the James Bond as he's going around the house. And he um he he locks the dog, one of Rottweilers in the basement, and you can't get out. Nice work, Robert. And then he gets attacked by the nanny, evil nanny. Yeah, nanny's he's, going apeshit at this point. I mean she's really he, he must really um you must really hate the fact that he's hired her because she didn't seem like this in the interview, but she's mm. homicidal. It yeah. would seem. Yeah, super homicidal. I'm going to give you a negative <coughs> rating on wherever the ratemynanny.com. <laughs> ratemynanny.com. His yeah. ratings on ratemynanny.com so far: one committed suicide, <laughs> one's trying to kill me. Yeah, maybe it's this, me. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's me. No, yeah. that's no. no it's that's definitely ridiculous. the nannies. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's definitely the nannies. I'm the ambassador. <laughs> okay, uh, so he had the proper scrap with Nanny McPhee, and then he he kind of stat like forks are in one side of the neck with a like uh, one of the, like a beef fork. It's like it's like a Born Identity uh, fight scene. This, <laughs> this <laughs> just using yeah. any old any old shit. What what, yeah. what was was Byro. it used in Born Identity? A rolled up new a rolled up magazine in the Born Identity. <laughs> was that right, the first one? At, I think so. Yeah, <laughs> right. You've had it now. Tick, 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 tick. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that I, remember, I remember like uh, uses the biro or something in, in the born the first one. I remember yeah, like yeah. going into someone's hand. That was pretty grim. Um, he, he, I don't know if he kills Nanny McPhee, but he gives her a good stabbing. In yeah, the, he stabs her like in the, the shoulder, neck. so you're assuming she wouldn't be dead. And then he gets Damien. He says, "Right, you, we're off to church." And then he speaks. ah, I fucking yeah. hate church. Yeah. He hates- yeah, and then he takes Damien. He sort of holds him down. Fucking move, you know, little shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then Damien obviously does the old, no, daddy, don't kill me. Yeah. And uh, he gets them to the church and he's going to stab. Oh, yeah, I think uh, at some point Damien gets knocked out, actually. Um, I can't remember. Oh, he falls on him or something? I don't know. 
So Damien's knocked out cold and he's speeding and the police start chasing him. And yeah. they catch up with him and he's in the church. He's about to start the stabbing. He's like, which fucking knife is it? <laughs> and uh <laughs> Wish I paid attention. <laughs> yeah. Um and then he goes to do it and then he uh gets uh shot. Yeah, so like he obviously he, he he goes to stop stabbing him, and then the police say stop or we'll shoot. But then obviously he's thinking this is the Antichrist. Antichrist got to go. But yeah. then even if he just stabs him once, what's he going to say to the police? Hang on a minute, I'll just stab my son to death, but I've got to continue stabbing him I've using him six various more different knives. six six more knives. Because <laughs> yeah. you wait, and then possibly yeah. take me take me in. Then oh yeah, we'll just yeah. We'll wait. We'll hang oh, out here. Yeah, he's done the damage now. There's not much more damage you can do. <laughs> go on. Yeah. <laughs> and, as and you then, were, sir. And that's yeah. and that's pretty much the end because then we yeah. get like a funeral at the end of his of his mum and dad, and Damien just looks around, smiling like a kid who's. Why just... it's the president of the United States who adopted him? <laughs> I don't know. It's a bit of a leap of faith here. Like out of all of the film, like uh, you find is out... that real? Yeah. What? So it's the president <laughs> who's adopted him? What? Yeah. Well, they say that like throughout the film, they say that. He's going to rise and conquer the Eternal Sea or, or something like that, Damien is. And they say that the Eternal Sea is actually poli- the world of politics. So he's going to grow up and he's going to... Is, it, is he the son of the president in the second one or so? I think so, yeah. I can't remember. Um, but I know in the third one, I think he, I think he maybe becomes the president in the third one. Like He, he takes some sort of world power <laughs> role anyway. Um, but yeah, so wow. he's, he's been... Um, adopted by the president of the United States and he turns back and looks at the camera and he breaks the fourth wall, has a little cheeky smile and Bob's your uncle. Evil has won. Evil has won. And obviously we get the little... Um, yeah. And then the, the, the text at the end which says, here is wisdom. Let him half, that, half understanding count the number of the beast for it is the number of a man and his number is 666. And yeah. the Iron Maiden song, Number of the Beast starts... Six. Six six. Did you ever see the? <laughs> did you ever listen to the Billy Corgan cover of that? Oh, yeah, it's like an acoustic. Oh, I don't, cover, think, I don't think I did. Really, really fucking good. Yeah. So that was that done for the Omen remake. Yeah. Ah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it was. Yeah. Uh, okay. So. So oh man. Okay. So what are we thinking oh, here? Man. So trivia. Are you uh, are you ready? Yep. Okay. So I. Question one. So to make the baboons attack the car in the Windsor Zoo park scene, an official from the zoo was in the back seat in the car and he was giving him all the finger. <laughs> true, <laughs> false. true or false? <laughs> oh, there's the bloody guy who works in the zoo in the back seat. <laughs> What's he doing? <laughs> that, is the, that is the final straw. Yeah. That is the final straw. True. Yeah. It's uh, It's false. But so oh, the, the official God. was in the back seat, and um, they started off. They they took the baby of the of the baboons, the baboon baby, and um, the baboons weren't bothered. So then they had to take the the like the gang leader, like the the Caesar of the yeah. baboons, and then that's what made all the apes go or the baboons go crazy and sort of lose their shit. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, okay, number two. Um, uh, Richard Donner's. Priority was not to make. Oh yeah, I just included this because I, I quite like the terminology. Richard Donner's priority was not to make a crackerjack horror film, but a realistic portrayal of a family in crisis. Uh, <laughs> true or false? That damn crackerjack horror film. Um, false. No, true. True. Yeah. John, yeah. Change it. Change the last minute. Apparently, he was going for more of a dramery type thing, but failed spectacularly because it's a full-on horror <laughs> film. Yeah. Yeah. He made one of them crackerjack horror films. 
I don't know what he means by that. Um, <laughs> Run of the mill, maybe? I don't know. Number three, when the fishbowl falls to the ground, they were actually dead sardines painted up with orange to look like goldfish. Since the director, Richard Donner, refused to kill goldfish. Uh, well, you wouldn't have to kill them. You'd have smashed the bowl and then put them in a new bowl. All right, no, that's true. I can imagine that being true. It's true, yeah. He said they want to kill goldfish for the sake of making a movie. Uh, also, he, they only ate tofu for the entire filming of the film. I don't know. Oh. Okay. <laughs> um, no goldfish were harmed in the making of this. Number but... four. You ready? Yep. So I think you've got like two. I'd give you give you three or three. Why not? Okay, number four. Uh, the movie was originally going to be called The Birthmark. <laughs> true or false it doesn't it doesn't sound too ridiculous true it's true I thought you were going to say it's false yeah so they were going to call it the birthmark for a long time before they came to the home <laughs> they were going to call it baboons bark at a bad boy in a Bugatti <laughs> and then they thought no 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 so there's already a film called that so they can't birthmark yeah. makes it sound like the birthmark is the thing that's evil like it's going to start coming alive and attacking people yeah maybe it is yeah Okay, number five. So it took um, a year for David Seltzer to write the entire script as he was too busy getting his middle name changed from Alka. (laughs) How long was that? If that that was true, how long does it take? He was too busy getting his name changed, which took a year. Uh, As much as I want that to be true, it's false, isn't it? (laughs) It is false. Well done. <laughs> you saw that when you were looking at it. You were like, oh, I've got some gold. I've got some gold for him. <laughs> well, so it took him a year to write the entire script. Um, I just added the, the little, oh, the little, the little uh, joke on the end, the little crackerjack joke on the How end. How many there. times he's heard that joke in his life? Yeah. Almost as many times as I've heard people say, I am your father. That <laughs> happens so many times. I bet you've not heard that before. No, the amount of people who say, I am your father. Oh, I bet you get that a lot, don't you? And even people saying that, I bet you get that a lot. I've heard that so many times. It's like, <laughs> there's no like uh, version of this where you come out original. No. No. Okay. Uh, dude, what are you going <laughs> to grade the omen? Um, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Ooh, I kind of... Liking it? I'm just uh, getting excited by you. <laughs> All right. I liked, it, I liked it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, oh. I, I, oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty, pretty scary. I, I don't know if I go and watch any newer ones because I'm, I'm assuming they're not as good, the, the next Omen. And I probably won't watch the remake. Um, but I think this is a pretty solid entry. Like You can see why it's so high on the list um, and why it's obviously... It's one of those films for me. It kind of sometimes gets a bit lost under things like The Exorcist, The Shining, just mm. because it kind of feels almost like it's it feels like it's part of both of those films. Yeah. For me, as someone who'd never seen it before, um, but yeah, I, I I can see why it's why it's such a good film. I'll probably give it a I'll probably give it a B. Nice. A B for Bravo. Baboon barks oh. <laughs> at bad boy Bugatti. Birthmark. <laughs> bad boy with birthmark in Bugatti yeah. okay uh, yeah so I um, I think I have a soft spot for this film I, I remember like watching a literal soft spot on your head like a little baby it's, soft spot it's, yeah it's a bold spot <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
The Bold Spot was another name they were going to give the film, but uh, <laughs> I did it against it. Um, the, uh, yeah, so I don't know. I've, I've got memories of watching like all three of the, the trilogy uh, with my friends getting kind of drunk when we were a bit too young. And I just remember like, having a really good time. So I've got like a really good like, soft spot for this film. Um, but I, I think it has got its flaws. It's a little bit boring in some ways. <clears throat> like it doesn't have any sort of evil demon stuff happening. Um, but I really like it. I'm going to give it a B minus. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. Does that essentially mean I've rated a film higher than you? Yeah. It's a rare occasion. I thought, um, I didn't think, I thought you were going to C. Yeah. It's a special occasion. I was dabbling with a C. It was yeah. one of those. I think after I watched it, immediately after, I was a bit like, yeah, I wasn't too into that. Mm. But I think giving it some more thought and sort of going into it in depth now, I remembered a lot about it, so... Yeah, I think it is very effective. Yes, creepy, yes. creepy child. See, cause I've, uh, creepy kids in films really do my nut. We've seen a lot uh, of them as well. We've seen a lot of them. The innocence, um, but this one, feel, but this one, it feels very. Um, it doesn't feel overdone at all. It kind of feels like yeah. the evil kid element of it is very much. Is very much like almost like kept in the background. Like yeah, he's there and he's witnessing all these things, but it's yeah. not all of. It doesn't seem to be all about him. You know what I mean? I like. He's kind of like. The, yeah, the, the the element I like about this film is the whole, um, not conspiracy thing, but like secret cult thing happening underneath yeah. the world. Stuff up yeah. behind the scenes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. part of that makes you feel a little bit sorry for Damon. 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 <laughs> for, for Damien. Yeah. For for Damien. Uh, a little bit sorry for him, even if he is the Antichrist. Yeah. I just want to sit him down and have a chat with him and say, look, mate, if you're on the Antichrist, uh, just tell me everything you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so next up, we've got number 24 on the list, 23 on the list. I'm losing count now. But, um, <coughs> I think we might be on number 23 now. Ooh, and this is a film I've really been looking forward to, Suspiria by Dario uh, Argento. Yes. I've only seen one Dario Argento film, and it was insane. It was a film called Demons. I don't know if you've seen that. No. It's where people go to a uh, a movie theater and then they get locked in there, and like everyone, people, everyone starts turning into demons, and they're watching a film about demons attacking. It's it's insane. And by the time they get out of the movie theater at the end of the night, the world's become like this post-apocalyptic sort of um, world, and like uh, there's like people riding on like motorbikes. Like, uh, how old is this? Uh, I'm gonna say 80s. Demons. But uh, mm. I've heard a lot of good stuff about Suspiria, and it's the kind of film yeah. where people like when you say, "Oh, I've never seen it," and people go, "Oh, that's like one of like mm. one of the ones to watch because it's so apparently it's just so like beautifully crazy." So um, yeah, I need. Um, yeah, I've never seen it. Another another one of the classics, which um on this on this uh list we were getting to see. Yeah. Uh, Jesus, I'm demons. Just looking at some pictures of demons, my god, it looks terrifying. It's pretty well, cheesy. It, the, I saw it at the uh, Dead and Breakfast, which is the you know thing in Derby. It's like the oh, night movie. So you, you watch what you watch in the cinema screen? Yeah, yeah, That's it's hard. really good. Yeah, yeah, I might have to give this a go. I recognize, I recognize some bits of it. I think, oh yeah, I've definitely seen some of these visuals before. Ooh. I don't think I'll watch it. I don't think I'll watch it on my own, though. Terrifying. Yeah. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. And then after that... Yeah. 
Well, may, maybe if may, obviously if you get to see it, maybe we'll review the ritual if it's any good. Yeah, that sounds good. Or if it's any bad, as you know. Yeah, I don't think we've ever done a really bad film on this one. I guess The Void is a little bit disappointing. That's probably our like least favorite film I think we've rated. Yeah, maybe some of the older ones as well that we weren't particularly fond of. You, you, you weren't a big Hammer horror film guy. We, you know, I um, the more I've sort of like looked, watched like histories of horror cinema and stuff, the more I've kind of realized I really should go back and give like Hammer horror films another go. And um, I really want to watch some like Roger Corman films and um, like Mask of the Red Death and all this kind of. I feel like I've I've shortchanged them a little bit. I need to give them a, a bit of yeah. More of I know what you mind. mean. Yeah. All these things sound good, but I know <laughs> I know for a fact if I did go back and watch all these films, I probably would be like, "What am I doing? Just put Toy Story on." Yeah, well, you can always put Toy Story on. Sure. Okay, man. <laughs> uh, so this show is brought to you by the Story Studio Hawk and Cleaver. Head over to hawkandcleaver.com and grab a free book. Become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Thanks to Kovac Cowman for our theme music. Thanks to ACAST for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. Give us a five-star rating review on iTunes. Remember to hit subscribe. Um, thanks to ACAST for hosting the show. I've said that already. And go to facebook.com, search for Horror Hangout Board of Advisors and join a group there. And thanks to my co-host, Ben, for being a real horror dude. Thank you, Luke. Cool. Peace out. Bye. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.